This is the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is your host, Amanda Phila. I'm a crunchy mom who loves God, my family, essential oils, and simple ways to healthier living. Hello and welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is podcast number 30. I can't believe we're on podcast number 30. Um, You can find the show notes at www.simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com. Today I wanted to talk about the oils of the ancient scriptures. And there's 12 essential oils that I wanted to walk through. And depending upon how time goes, because I haven't actually timed this out, it's actually going to be over two sessions that I am going to talk about these oils. So I'll try to make it through the first six today, and then next week we'll go over the next six. So I want to start by saying that essential oils, even though they may seem trendy now, they're actually not anything new. They've been around for centuries, and there's evidence of them being used as far back as 3500 BC. Um, they were just as used; they're just as useful today as they were, if not more so today than they were um, back in the day. So. I want to walk you through the Bible as we discover 12 of the most popular oils of the biblical times. So it all started at the beginning of in creation. So when we look back in Genesis, uh, where right from the very beginning of creation, uh, the creation story, plants and herbs are mentioned. Plants are not only fundamental to our planet, but they are in, intimately tied to the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of the people since the beginning of time. These uh, passages that I am going to mention kind of support that notion. Um, in Ezekiel 47:12, it says, along each bank of the river, every kind of fruit and tree will grow. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fresh fruit because the waters of the river flow from out of the sanctuary. Their fruit is used for food and their leaves for healing. And as we know, essential oils come from the plant. And a lot of times they are squeezed from the bark or the rind or the leaves of the plant. They're considered the lifeblood. They're also mentioned in Revelations uh, 22.2. Down the middle of the street on either side of the river grew the tree of life that produced fruit 12 times a year, one each month, or once each month. The leaves of the tree serve as medicine for the nations. So again, they're talking about the medicines we receive from the tree. And those... Those medicines, in essence, can be considered essential oils. Um, Oils were essential to daily living in biblical times. In fact, the word oil appears in the Bible over 191 times, more than the words believe, grace, and joy. This doesn't take into account the times that generic references like odors or sweet savors, perfumes, balms, and ointments were used. It also doesn't include incense burners or even spices, which uh, could include some fragrant herbs. Now, of course, not all these oils mentioned in the Bible were essential oils. There were cruder oils like olive oil that were used for uh, lighting the lamps or preserve, you know, like the first press of the olive oil was used in cooking and flavoring their foods. Um, There also are some mixed opinion of whether fragrant oils were actually essential oils or whether they were like olive oils that were like an olive oil that was infused or heavily infused with herbs and plants. So that's not 100% when they're mentioning that, whether it was essential oils or not. But distillation pots have actually been found as early as 3500 BC. So um, 
it would be possible, but no one actually knows for sure. So regardless, the 12 oils that I'm going to be talking about, um, that they actually used to make a kit with these 12 oils. Now there's only 10 um, due to some of the sourcing issues that there are in a couple of them. But I feel like they're important and they're mentioned in the Bible. And actually one of them is a favorite of mine. It's called Spikenard because I love the story of Mary Magdalene. So we'll talk a little bit more about Mary Magdalene and the Spikenard here shortly. Um, so even though we are going to be talking about 12 oils, the kit that um, I like to refer people to actually comes with 10 of those oils, not 12, and it's nice that they put them together in a kit. Another thing um, to think about when we're talking about a lot of these oils is they go hand in hand with incense from the day. And I used to love to burn incense, but the incense we find most of the time now are highly toxic and um, they use synthetic fragrance and things, and actually they're actually recommended not to burn around children because of the toxic side effects. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, one biblical reference, uh, a recipe that the Lord gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 30, verses 34 and 35, he gives Moses a holy incense recipe. And here it says, the Lord told Moses, take these aromatic substance, substances, storic, anica, and galbanem, these and pure frankincense in equal parts and blend them into incense. This fragrant powder expertly prepared is to be salted and so kept pure and sacred. Later in the book of Numbers, we learn by Aaron burning these incense along with prayer and intercession that it actually helped stop a plague that killed nearly 15,000 people. And in Numbers, it's chapter 17, verses 11 through 13. Then Moses said to Aaron, take your censer, put fire from the altar in it, lay incense on it, and bring it quickly to the community to make atonement for them. For wrath, ha the wrath has come from the Lord, and the plague has begun. Aaron took the censer just as Moses directed and ran it among the assembly, where the plague had already begun among the people. Then he offered the incense and made atonement for the people while saying, standing between the living and the dead. And so the scourge was checked, meaning it had, had ended. Um, and the incense was actually burned in the temples day and night without ceasing. So it was just kind of cool that that little recipe was given to the people. They kept it on hand and used it in atonement for the sin for the sins that were at hand. Um, as you can see, the recipe, this, the recipe that is mentioned um, is myrrh, cassia, cinnamon, calmus, and it's made in olive oil. And God says, make this into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the, it will be the sacred anointing oil. Then use it in a tone to atone the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law, the table and all its articles, the lamp stand and the accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all of its utensils, and the basin with its stand. You shall consecrate them so that they will be most holy and whatever touches them will be holy. Atone 
anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so that they may serve me as priest. Say this to the Israelites. This is to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. Do not pour it on anyone else's body and do not make any other oil using this same formula. It is sacred and you are to consider it sacred. Whoever makes perfume like it and puts it on, anyone other than a priest must be cut off from their people. So the recipe that he gave um, in Exodus was that holy anointing oil recipe. And it said in the, in the Bible, it says, uses, use 500 shekels of myrrh, 500 shekels of cassia, uh, 250 shekels of cinnamon, 250 shekels of calamus, calamus, sorry, and one hin of olive oil. And I think it's funny because 500 shekels actually is 12 and a half pounds. That's a lot. And a hen is a gallon. So this recipe made about 24 quarts of oil. And you can imagine the cost of this oil blend. Um, it's very similar to the Exodus blend that um, Young Living has. And so it's a nice oil to have on hand for anointing. I just think it's cool. Um, because of the chemical components of this oil, you would have been an ex- it would have been an excellent cleaner back in the day, and it still would be supporting the priest immunity as they ex- were exposed to diseases and handling animals daily with offerings and sacrifice. It was also supposed to cleanse the spirit. This blend was put on wafers and unleavened bread and eaten daily, um, which shows the essential oils were used topically and internally. Kind of cool. Um, and like I said, this is very close to the Young Living's Exodus 2 essential oil blend containing all four of the essential oils in the original recipe, plus a few more just for good measure. So the other thing I like to mention when we're talking about the oils of the Bible is the anointing part. So the anointing um, was a big, a big deal. Um, it still is today. If you think about baptism, we anoint babies during baptism and we anoint um, during when you get confirmed into the church, you are anointed. If you um, are a priest, you're anointed into your um, duties as a priest. And if you are, um, when you die and you're going, you get the anointing of the sick, You're that's another thing, you're anointing. So it was a practice that was huge during biblical times. Unfortunately, it has become lost by some over the years, but we still use it in a lot of our, like I said, our traditions when we're baptizing into the church and when we're being confirmed into the church and when we take holy orders um, or um, at the end, the anointing of the sick when we are preparing for death. Uh, the original, the original, I should say, of anointing was from the shepherds of the day, which I found very interesting. Lice and other insects would often get into the wool of the sheep, and when they got near the sheep's head, they could burrow into the sheep's ear and kill the sheep. So ancient shepherds poured oil onto the sheep's head. This made the wool slippery, making it impossible for insects to get near the sheep's ears because the insects would slide off. From this, anointing became symbolic of blessing, protection, and empowerment. Um, the New Testament, uh, the New Testament's Greek word for anoint, are creo, which means to smear or rub with oil, and by implication, to consecrate for office or religious service. And um, Elipho, which means to anoint. In biblical times, people were anointed with oil to signify God's blessing or call 
on that person's life. A person was anointed for a special purpose to be a king or to be a prophet or to be a builder, whatever it was. It is clear that a biblical anointing was not a small dot on a veggie oil, you know, applied to somebody, but a true anointing was usually more than that. And it usually was a considerable amount of oil with that. And when you think about... Um, when you think about anointing, like I, I remember when my babies were baptized, you think about the anointing with the oils um, when they're putting that balsam fur on their head and they smell amazing. But our priest would like anoint their head significantly until baby's head was like, you know, drooping almost with oils coming down. But that was the point is like anointing was not something where you just put this little tiny dot on there. You were lathering them in the oil, um, kind of covering them in God's presence. So that's just something to keep in mind when we're talking about anointing. Um, if you look at the anointing of Eric, Aaron in Leviticus chapter 8, verses 10 through 12, it talks about um, taking the anointing oil and Moses anointing and consecrating the tabernacles and everything that was in it. And he sprinkled some of that oil seven times on the altar because seven was a big number anointing the altar and all the utensils and everything in it. And then he also poured some of that anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Uh, we hear about the anointing of Saul. If we look back in 1 Samuel 10, uh, chapter 10, verse 1, he took the oil and poured it on Saul's head, kissing him, saying that the Lord anointed anoints you, the rule over his people, Israel. And then again, um, the anointing of David in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 through 12 and 13, um, Jesse had the young men brought before him and there he took the oil and, you know, said, the Lord said, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel with the horn of oil in his hand, anointed them in the midst of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. So we see anointing many times in the Bible. And then, of course, we see the anointing of Jesus in um, John chapter 12, verse 3. Mary took a liter of costly perfume. This is the story. This is the one I love. And uh, that costly perfume made from the genuine aromatic spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and then dried them with her hair. That was like her way of showing how much um, she cared for him because everybody else looked at her as just a sinner. And so that was, that's my story. I love the story about Spike Nard and how she took her hair and the house was filled with that fragrant oil. So, um, and then Jesus and the disciples actually anointed the people. When Jesus set out his disciples, they relied on oils as well. Mark chapter six, verses 12 and 13. So they went off and preached repentance. They drove out many demons and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Um, not only is it the prayer, this is one thing like when I talked about frequencies earlier, but when you're talking about prayer and using of these oils, these um, plants that God gave us, all of those things in combination with prayer are what God was using. I mean, it was just one more tool in the blessing, in the, you know, why we have holy water, why we have all those things. So I don't know. I just think it's really cool when they talk about how they anointed people with them. And then uh, finally, God himself anoints Jesus uh, in Hebrews uh, 
chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, God says to Christ as he turns, returns triumphantly to heaven, your throne, O God, stands forever and ever, and a righteous scepter is the scepter of your kingdom. You loved justice and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, anointed you and the oil of gladness above you, above your companions. So talks about the oil of gladness. So from here, as I'm talking about all this, I am realizing that if I talk about all 12 of the oils right now, I will go way over my allotted time. So I'm going to briefly tell you what the 12 oils that I'm going to talk about in the next podcast are so that you can hear next week the 12 oils of the Bible. But at least now you have a little bit of um, background to go with that. You have the the thought of the oils being used for anointing, the oils being used for protection, the oils being used as a blessing, um, and that God gave us from the creation all the way through revelations. He talked about those oils being there um, as a way of healing the people. So the oils that we will be talking about in the next podcast um, is frankincense. We all know I love frankincense, and I talk about it frequently. Um, myrrh is another oil that we will be talking about that's part of the ancient oils. Uh, cedar wood, I love this oil. We use it daily. Cypress is another oil mentioned multiple times in the Bible. Sandalwood, I love sandalwood. It's very grounding. Um, cassia, spikenard, of course, because spikenard is the oil used by Mary Magdalene. Hyssop. Myrtle, um, cystus, anica, which has a its own like unique story too. So you'll have to tune in to hear that. And golem, uh, golem balm. I can never say that one. G a l b a n u m. This one is amazing, and I will galbanum. There you go. I couldn't say it, but this one is amazing because the. This oil has a low frequency, but it's a cool oil because when combined with another oil, it actually helps raise that frequency. Um, it's kind of an amplifier in that, and we'll talk more about that next week. So anyway, this is an introduction to the oils of the ancient scripture, and I just, like I said, wanted to touch. If you check out the show notes, I will have all the biblical references that I spoke of today. And so you can go ahead, sit down, grab your Bible, and read about those oils. If this is a kit that you're wanting to get here before the holidays, I will also put the link on there so you can get your own essential oils of the Bible. The only two oils that we talk about that are not in there are going to be the Gollumbum because it's not available in Spikenard. Those are two oils that, because of the sourcing and because of quality, um, we're not able to get right now. Either they're in a country that has very um, not okay practices for harvesting them, or they're considered an endangered um, species. So the little bit that you can get is not um, enough for, for companies to be selling. So that is why they're not available currently, and until they have a decent sourcing, you won't be able to get them. So just so you know that. Otherwise, I hope you found value and learned a little bit of something about how oils were used in ancient times, and I hope you tune in next week to find out those 12 oils, how to use them, how they were used in ancient times, um, some biblical references to them being used then, and how we can use them now in our daily life. Again, this is podcast number 30, the big 3-0.
And you can find the show notes at www.simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com. And you can also find the link to get your own kit of essential, ancient essential oils um, to, to have for the holidays and to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ and throughout the year. So um, as always, be grateful, have faith, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Simple Blessings and Oils. Visit me at simpleblessingsandoils.com or on Facebook at Simple Blessings and Oils. Simple Blessings and Oils is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.